today. Hmm. And I want to ask you, what is the opposite of wisdom? Anybody? No, no, no. Don't. I'm not saying, what is the opposite of wisdom? Why are you whispering? Okay, let me try them on this side. What is the opposite of wisdom? Why are you all afraid to say it? Foolishness. You know, you're already preaching it for me because foolishness should not be found amongst wise children of God. You know what somebody said? If you want to go to the north and you don't know the way to the north, all you have to do is find the south and go in the opposite direction of the south. What happens? You will get to the north. So if you don't know how to get to wisdom, Look at where foolishness is and head in the other direction and you will end up being a wise person. That's a good place to clap. So, we don't talk much about wisdom in church, but the Bible says Jesus Christ is not just the power of God to us. He's also and equally the wisdom of God. So, uh, the most we can say is in the Christian um, syllabus, we've only done 50%, if we can say that. The other part, wisdom of God, is what we're on. And we've been on it since the retreat. And uh, I won't go back to the past. If you miss any of the series, you want to listen to it on uh, SoundCloud and all that. But let me say something about wisdom. Hmm. A lot of people would never discuss foolishness. Because they think foolishness cannot be an issue. We're going to look at how true it is that foolishness is not an issue. This morning, I sent out a slide. Can you bring that out? I sent out a slide which says, Wisdom, read me, is equal to doing away with foolishness. Does that make sense? I, I said, does that make sense? Wisdom is what? Doing away with foolishness. So as long as we hold on to foolishness, can there be wisdom? I said, can there be wisdom? Let me explain. Let me ask another question. Is it always that we recognize what is foolishness? Is it always we can clearly identify what is foolishness? No. Many times the people practicing foolishness do not even know they're practicing foolishness. The Lord will enlighten our darkness today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a quotation here there by Dr. Femi Paul. He says, whilst wisdom is richly rewarding, read with me, foolishness is hugely expensive. Help me ask your neighbor, can you afford foolishness? Ask the person, do you have enough money to pay for foolishness? Do you have enough lifetime? It will cost you a lifetime. Can you afford foolishness? You know what the Bible says? It says wisdom gives long life to those that have it. So if you walk in foolishness, you're likely to die young. That's what happened to Saul and Jonathan. There are many levels of wisdom that we don't talk about. But if you don't know the way to wisdom, just look at where foolishness is and head in the other direction and you will become a wise man, a wise woman. Amen. I said amen. I want you to contribute today. I want you to ask questions because we want to identify 
the possibility of foolishness around the church, around our people. And because it is so expensive, maybe that's why we're struggling. But wisdom makes one great and it brings riches into one's life. So we must find wisdom. We will get wisdom in Jesus' name. Now, two things I want us to start with. The two words, foolishness, I have in my notes here, foolishness isn't the same as being a fool. Hello. I said foolishness isn't the same as being a fool. Do you agree with me? I'm trying to get your attention. Is foolishness and being a fool the same? Okay, why are they not the same? Interactive Bible study. Foolishness and fool, are they the same? Are they related? You think I'm trying to trap you? I'm not trying to trap you. I'm trying to learn from you. <laughs> Did you put up your hand? Okay, Lydia wants to say something. Encourage her. At least she's bold enough. Um, foolishness and fool are not the same thing. Um, a fool is a fool. Definition is a, you're a fool. That's the description. <laughs> the person is a fool. As, um, just like when you say somebody is insane, somebody is a madman. He's a madman. That's the definition. Fool. But foolishness is, you're not a fool, but you are acting, you are working in foolishness. That is, you're not a fool, but you're acting like a fool. You're supposed to be a wise man, but you're acting foolish. If you, if you agree with her, you want to clap for her. Wait a minute. What she's saying is, a fool is a fool is a fool is a fool. That one is easy. Abi, that one is easy. But foolishness is not so easy. Is it only fools that practice foolishness? Oh, now you're, I'm, I'm waking you up. I said, is it only fools that practice foolishness? Who else can practice foolishness? Don't look at anybody. Just answer me. Who else practices foolishness apart from fools? All of us. Anybody can act in foolishness. What I'm saying is you don't have to be a fool to act in foolishness. Let me now ask a question. Do we all, at one time or the other, indulge in foolishness or not? There's some honest people on this side. I think the Pharisees are on this side. Uh, you, you, you didn't answer me. I said, do we all practice foolishness sometimes? Madam, you are just laughing that, hey, pastor, don't go there. Hello. So, if I talk about foolishness in church, it doesn't mean I'm talking to the wrong people. I'm talking to the right people. Because we sometimes practice foolishness. Okay. Now, wisdom is doing away with foolishness. If I talk about wisdom from now to Jesus comes and I don't identify what foolishness is, I may not succeed. I told you wisdom is sensitivity, no, no, spirituality, sensitivity, and sensibility. Spirituality is you know God, you pray. Sensitivity is you listen for instructions in righteousness. Sensibility is that you take the right actions and decisions so that you will have the testimony. That is one equation. It remains sacrosanct. But then, give me this new one. This new one says, wisdom is doing away 
with foolishness. May the Lord help us to do away with something that can attack our destiny in Jesus' name. Bring my quotations up. I hope I have your attention now. The second quotation is fools. Or the word fool describes a type of person. There are two categories of people in church or outside church. Fools and wise people. While foolishness is an act or behavior of a person who is not necessarily a fool. For instance, it's a fool that says there is no God. So as long as you're a believer, you are not a fool. But what is the person that is not a fool doing, acting foolishly? Hello. I said hello. I am a human being. I am not a gorilla. A gorilla looks like a human being. If a gorilla acts like a gorilla, that's fine. But if I acted like a gorilla, is it odd or not? Is it odd or not? When a human being acts like a gorilla, is it odd or not? It is very odd. So when you are not a fool, and you practice foolishness, it is odd. Let me ask you, saint of God, are you born again? Are you made in the image and likeness of God? Are you washed by the blood of Jesus? Does the Holy Spirit dwell in the throne of your heart? Are you anointed by God? Do you have the mind of Christ? So you, you better do away with foolishness. Because you are nothing like a fool. May the Lord help us. What is the hope of somebody that is not a fool that acts in foolishness? How far can somebody that is not a fool... But continues to indulge in foolishness. How far can that person go? Let me ask you. Can a man who acts like a baboon. Become the president of a nation? Why? He's still a man now. The moment you start acting a certain way. You abort so many good things. That's why we must study foolishness. Foolishness will never tell you that once you engage me, your destiny is eroded. It will never tell you that. It is only your pastor that will tell you that. Foolishness will, is a comfortable place to be because it's easy to be foolish. We're going to get into some serious things now. I have another quotation there. You're free to ask a question. Whilst fools are foolish... Others who aren't fools indulge in foolishness. And that's because many people who are not fools unknowingly and unwittingly engage in foolishness which limits them. Which limits them in life and results in stagnation. Yeah. There's one thing about foolishness. The least it will do, it will put limitations upon your life. How far you can go. It, it, it introduces stagnation where everybody is moving and you're not able to move. May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus. Hmm. I want to also define foolishness for you. You can move to the next one. Foolishness, read it me. Foolishness is to lack good sense 
or good judgment. Foolishness is to lack good sense or good judgment. Foolishness is expressed through foolish words. Come on now. Foolish behavior and foolish decisions. There may be other definitions, but this will do for now. Because we're trying to do away with what? Foolishness. In my, my, the slide for this service is actually, I want you to bring that up. It's titled, Away with Foolishness. And you will like this one. Away with Foolishness. And this slide shows somebody who finally tossed foolishness into the toxic waste bin. The word toxic means it will kill you. It will mess you up. It will send you to an early grave. It will impoverish you and your generations will suffer for it. You need to do away with what? Foolishness. And that's why I, I made that slide so that the point is driven home. And the scripture there, Proverbs, I can't even read that, 9 verse 8, the Living Bible says, Leave behind, read with me, leave behind your foolishness and begin to live well. Learn to be wise. God wants to move you forward. But what is the point of God moving you forward if you carry the excess luggage of foolishness? This year we're moving forward. But foolishness is not going with us in Jesus' name. Whilst wisdom is richly rewarding, my first slide says, foolishness is hugely expensive. It is so expensive, nobody can afford it. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how long you thought you were going to live. Foolishness will shorten your life. You know why? Let me tell you something about foolishness. One of the ways you know a foolish person is that they fight every battle. If you fight every battle, in one of the battles you are going to be shot. You pick your battles. Any battle you don't have to fight, you dodge it. Can I tell you another thing about battle? Every battle will take some of your resources and your energy and your strength. Reserve your strength for the battle you must fight. You see fools, they get involved in every quarrel. They got involved in any fight and somewhere somebody will break a bottle on their head. Are you there? Tell your neighbor away with foolishness. Hallelujah. Now I, I want to show you the benefits of wisdom. You see the, the, the toxic capacity of foolishness. It is, it is so expensive I wonder why we just even romance with it at all. I recall in university, the boys that embraced foolishness, they never went for classes. Some of them joined calls. Some of them got into all kinds of things and not everybody that matriculated graduated. A lot of them were casualty of foolishness. And you know the thing about some of the results of foolishness, you may never be able to turn some things around. May God help us. Proverbs 14 and verse 24, the New King James Version of the Bible, Proverbs 14 and 24, I want to show you what 
the Bible says are the rewards of wisdom and the terrible expense of foolishness. Read this with me. The crown of the wise is what? Their riches. Someone say riches. If you want to preach, say it well, riches. But the foolishness of fools, it means that it is rubbish and nonsense they have to show for foolishness. The crown, somebody say crown. The crown is something you wear, people will honor you. A crown is something that identifies you. It's something expensive. It's something authoritative. That's what wisdom gives you, a crown. And that crown is riches. In any language, rich is rich. Can I tell you, it's easier to be rich than to be poor. Hello? Should, should I pray for someone to be poor? Should I pray for someone to be rich? Aha, you all woke up. The crown of the wise is their riches. But, ah, but the foolishness of fools is folly. Please, somebody help me. What is folly? If not nonsense and rubbish and terrible, something that nobody wants to identify with, that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Give me the slide that gives us the new century version of the same Proverbs 14 and 24. L listen to this. It says, wise people, read with me, wise people are rewarded uh oh but fools only get more foolishness there's a reward for wisdom it is two plus two is equal to four and just because you think you're wise you better investigate and interrogate what you call wisdom because it must be the wisdom of fools we're talking about true wisdom now. We're talking about godly wisdom and we're talking about skilled wisdom. Skillful wisdom. Wise people that have that kind of wisdom are rewarded with wealth. I am quoting the Bible. But fools only get more foolishness. Can I tell you why some people may be called fools? Because they think they're wise but they are not. So whatever you call wisdom, let us test it. May we not find out too late that what we're holding is counterfeit. You know what counterfeit is? You finally got visa. Hmm? You went through immigration. I should get to America. Bam! You're just feeling very good. You enter a store. You bring out your $100 notes. They say, hold on. They call police. There's one African here. He has a Nigerian accent. Is carrying counterfeit dollars. You are even posing, say, how much is it? You want to buy ice cream? It's only maybe eight dollars. You bring hundred dollar bill out, you bring fifty dollar bill, and they see the word and they say, Not only does he have, he has plenty of it. You're going back home on the next plane. Counterfeit currency will counterfeit your visa as well, it will counterfeit your opportunities. So when you're carrying something that's making your head swell, check whether it is original. May the Lord help us. Someone say, thank God for Jesus. We're going to find out what we call wisdom. 
whether it is the skill wisdom of God today and we're going to change for better we're going to do away with foolishness in Jesus name aha multimedia give me the scripture the bible the message bible Proverbs 5 Proverbs 5 and verse 23 somebody say amen someone say I want to see this one I want to see this one For Proverbs 5 23 the message bible okay I think that's not the right translation it says death is the reward of no the the translation i want i think there's a mix up here it says your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end your what your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end there's something called decision there's another kind of decision that is a foolish decision when you take a decision that is a foolish decision it traps you and keeps you in a dead end while still young may we not be at a dead end in jesus name i want someone to help me find out which translation that is maybe it's the passion translation but proverbs 5 and 23b says your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end may we not end in a dead end some of you are even young may you not even start in the dead end in the name of jesus christ the reason why we're sudden foolishness is it can bring us to a dead end you start business on a foolish decision you do the opening and everybody's rejoicing but the decision, as long as it's not skillful, godly wisdom, it is a foolish decision. It ends in a dead end. The business never took off. After all the noise, dead ends. Bible says, through godly wisdom is a family built. You have a huge wedding. You everybody came and saw, and it ends in a dead end. We need to study godly wisdom skillful wisdom because foolish decisions is a trap and it traps one in the dead end that will not be a portion in jesus name now very importantly second chronicles 16 and verse 9 you will understand this one and i'm going to throw it open i hope you're beginning to see the reason why we need to investigate foolishness some more who has made a foolish decision before did you pay for it or not? Well, I paid well, well. I paid interest on the trouble. It's not God that delivered me. The thing for put me six feet below. See, when people are saying, don't take a foolish decision, young people, they listen. Oh. Listen. You will pay well, well. Nothing will happen. Nothing will shelly. You will pay. Look at this one. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. To do what? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Full stop. That's what God wants to do. Then the second part says, In this you have done. Therefore, from now, you will have was god says i want to prove myself strong and beneficial to those whose hearts are right before me those that walk 
wisely. In the same verse, one verse, but in this case, you didn't do wisely, you did foolishly. He said, because of that, therefore, from now on, he didn't say just now, from now on, you shall have wars. What am I saying? Foolishness has crazy consequences. Somebody help me. What does from now on mean? You know the only from now on I want to hear from God. From now on is blessings upon blessings. From now on me, you will have wars. Means, Oga, uh, you just start to. Because you have done what? Foolishly. Should we put away foolishness or not? Should we, should we put it away slowly or how? Fast, fast, fast. Sharply, eh? We do it quickly. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In, for our own in grace assembly, from now on, we will receive blessing upon blessing in Jesus' name. I, I recall that I'm talking to you about the consequences of foolishness. God says, from now on, it, God didn't say, I'm cursing you. It says, therefore, which means in consequence of what you have done, it has nothing to do with devil, it's sowing and reaping. If you do foolishly, you will reap it. God didn't say, devil, come and afflict him. He says, in this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. It is the consequence, direct consequence of foolishness. Just like wisdom has direct consequence. May the consequence of wisdom be our portion in Jesus' name. I showed you this scripture, Proverbs 19 and verse 3. We're just going to look at a few translations about the consequences of foolishness as against the benefits of wisdom. So that when it comes to doing away with, with, with anything that has to do with foolishness, we're going to do it very quickly and God will bless us in Jesus' name. Read with me. The foolishness of a man's twists his way and then his heart frets against the Lord. Somebody help me. What does it mean to twist somebody's way? Use your own word. What is it? What is it in your word? If I say a man's way is twisted, use your own word. Eh? It means a man's way is spoiled. Badge. Pata pata. Somebody else, give me your own word. Eh? Dabaru. It's foolishness. Dabaru is a man's way. Foolishness is bad, though. You don't need you don't need the devil in your business. If you want a hard life, just shake hands with foolishness. It twists his way, his way, his progress, his way to a happy life, his way to financial liberty, his way to ministry excellence. Foolishness twists every way. And then when that happens, he comes to church. Father, why have you forgotten me? That's what the scripture is saying. And his heart begins to fret against the Lord. He says, Lord, you have not been good to me. After all, I've been serving you. And the heaven is quiet. The answer is not with the devil. The answer is not with the Lord. The answer is it. Foolishness. Look around you. Say, Lord, may foolishness not be around me in Jesus' name. The New Living Translation, the NLT. Hurry up. Let's read this on. People ruin their lives 
by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Whether you're a believer or not, the word rain is budget pata pata. Foolishness. We will put away foolishness in Jesus' name. The message translation says, people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. So why does God always get blamed? Some people are practicing foolishness and they're jumping from church to church. From church to church. It's not a church matter. It's a foolishness matter. May we put away foolishness very quickly in Jesus' name. I told you my own Bible had um, a commentary by the author says, rather than acknowledge wrong choices, wrong actions, fools blame the Lord. We're not fools anymore in Jesus' name. And then the scripture for my uh, slide for today, you can bring up my slide, is leave behind your foolishness and begin. Someone say begin. Begin to live well. Learn to be wise. Put away or leave behind your foolishness. The New King James put it this way. It says forsake foolishness. Someone say forsake. Say it well. It says forsake foolishness and leave. And then go in the way of understanding. Now I, 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 I'm a little concerned. If you are sick and you come to church. What should the pastor do? Pray for you for healing. If you're hungry, you come to church, what should the pastor do? Go to benevolence, give the person some food. Yes? Yes? If you're suffering from foolishness, what should the pastor do? Anybody that gets the answer, I will say a double prayer for you. What should the pastor do? Minister, Mr. stand up. Let's hear you. What should the pastor do? We know everything else. Uh-huh. I look for Cain for the person. We should look for Cain. <laughs> this one, an old Christian. So Cain would drive the foolishness from the person. It's in Proverbs. That one say in a child. This one, an adult. Alright, anybody else? What should the pastor do with somebody that is suffering from foolishness? Madam, I said, Pastor will lay hands on the person and cast out the foolishness. I said, Cast out the foolishness in Jesus' name. Foolishness, come out. Foolishness, cast you out. I do away with your foolishness. That prayer won't work any work. Anybody else? What should a pastor do when somebody is suffering from chronic foolishness? Is she what? Is she speak wisdom to him? That one too doesn't work. Oh. You know, I can speak all I want to speak. I check the Bible. Foolishness is one of the toughest things to deal with. Demonic oppression. Cast out the demon. It will go. Foolishness is old jingiri. And the church doesn't talk about it. You should be glad you have a pastor that has enough wisdom to talk about it. 
Thank you. Proverbs 27 and verse 22. We're going somewhere with this. Foolishness is worse than cancer. It's hard to get rid of. It says, though you grind a fool in, the, in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. In prayer. Foolishness say, I did here. Give me the message translation. Pound on a fool all you like in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You can't pound out foolishness. Whoever you are, you can't deal with foolishness like that. It's not workable. And that's because only the fool can choose to forsake foolishness. I read the scripture to you. I read it here to you. It says forsake foolishness and leave. Leave behind your foolishness and begin to live well. Nobody can do it for the fool. The fool has to understand that I am a fool. I'm walking in foolishness. I must forsake foolishness. Bring up my slide for this sermon. That's why that man threw foolishness into the toxic waste bin. Nobody can help the fool. Only the fool can help himself. Until the fool knows that he's a fool, he will always be a fool. And when somebody who is not a fool embraces foolishness, you can't do anything about the person as well. There's a price of foolishness. It erodes, it twists a man's way. You, can, you can't pray it away. It won't go by deliverance. All will not break the yoke of foolishness. Fasting won't do the trick. The fool has to realize. Or the, the one that is not a fool walking in foolishness has to choose to forsake foolishness. You must make up your mind to do away with foolishness. Particularly what you thought was wisdom before but you tested it and realized it's foolishness. You need to toss it away right now. Foolishness cut short a man's life. I'm telling you the truth. It's in the Bible. If you want to live long, walk in the opposite direction of foolishness. And if you want to live well, walk away from foolishness. Nobody is immune. There is no vaccination that can stop the consequences of foolishness. There is no prayer anybody can pray for you. That's why God is speaking to us about wisdom and foolishness. Let me, let me skip a little bit. I want to ask a question. Do people always know that they're indulging in foolishness? Do they always know? When somebody is walking in foolishness, even though you're not a fool, you're a child of God, but you're walking in foolishness, do we always know? Do they always know? You know, sometimes you are deceived. Sometimes your eyes of understanding have not been enlightened. Sometimes because it was passed on to you and you think because this person that passed on this thing to me should know what he's doing and you're doing it and you're not getting a result. Maybe it looks like wisdom but it ain't wisdom. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I look at these Marua people. <laughs> and I think the heart of foolishness is in them. Are you telling me? Yes, sir. That is why many of us, either you are driving or you are a passenger at the boat, you will see there that they always act like a fool. Because I don't see a reason why there are two cars and you are trying to maneuver. And there is only two feet in between. There is no way. And you will just see them, they will just do like this, like this, like this. They don't even think at all that they are practicing the act of foolishness. When they want to make a U-turn, do they care which car is coming? They just do like this. And I'm thinking, I if I jam you, you first die. <laughs> it is after the burying you will be doing the case. So don't bother. At least leave now. So I was just looking at this foolishness that you were talking since as I was sitting there. I was just thinking that how can somebody who is not insane who is well we just be risking his life. You know, that's what happened to one of them. He, 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 everybody was hearing the horn of a tree. And people were stopping. But the foolishness in him still made him to act that behavioral attitude. And he lost his life. He lost the life of other people in the in the Marwa. Can you clap? Now saying, ah, God should have saved them. God should have saved them. When you walk in foolishness, yes, God will leave you with foolishness. So. He will leave you, yes. And you will see the consequences of the foolishness. Some people are not clapping because they're believing God to buy a Marwa. If you buy it, I don't want you to drive it because it looks like there's something once they get behind that thing that comes upon them. Yes. Sir, I have a question, sir. Uh-huh. Um, after any kind of sermon, I'm sure nobody wants to walk in foolishness. But if I'm a fool, how do I know I'm a fool? That's the question. How do you know you're walking in foolishness? Because I know nobody wants to walk in foolishness after this, after this sermon. But how do you know you're walking in foolishness? It's a good question. Clap for her. Clap for her. <laughs> Like I think I'm speaking for a lot of people because they are now thinking that hey, I don't like this consequence of foolishness. So, uh, how am I sure? You are in the right place. The Lord will enlighten our darkness. But at least you have made up your mind that if I am walking in foolishness, I'm going to do away with foolishness. Okay, Genevieve, let's hear her. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, I'm a little bit confused here, sir, and um. I just want to ask, um, could um, one's environment and situation around one influence him or her being a fool and act foolishly? Because sometimes people tend to do things because of the background. Oh, uh, what are your hands doing? You need to clap for her. People tend to do things because of the influence of you know, the environment. That's right. And um, I think it goes a long way to define an individual. Can you, can you help me clap for her? Now, this thing you said came up in a conversation I had with some people. I said, what is it that makes some people gravitate towards foolishness? And somebody said that environment can make you think foolishness is normal. Bible says, he that walks with fools shall be a fool. Hello. But then, you see, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, 
James 1 verse 5 or so. You should ask God and God will give him. What you don't know is God didn't say, you pray and I'll open your brain and I'll put wisdom. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. When God, when you ask God for wisdom, the first thing is he will order your steps away from foolish people. You will now meet some wise people. When you compare how they think, how they decide things, how they do things to how your people are doing it, you should not have enough sense. The Bible says a wise man picks his friend carefully and begins to walk. The Bible says he that walks with the wise shall become wise. God is faithful if you realize that something is not right. He will allow you to see the light. But he will not choose the light for you. You will choose. That's why he says I lay before you life and death. Choose life. You know, my experience is I have seen people grow up in foolishness and there's nothing you do, they will not walk with you. They stay in their comfort zone. One of the things people say is my people. You should love your people, but it doesn't mean you should live amongst them. If Joseph stayed with his people, he would have died in the famine with them. Sometimes to help people, his brothers were foolish brothers. He had to go where wisdom will be taught to him. He will become great so that he can help them. Can I tell you something? Love your people, but you don't have to live amongst them. You may even have to come back and remove them from the foolishness. Okay. Okay. It's getting hot now. You see, the reason is this. When Jesus was walking in wisdom, a lot of people didn't follow him. Did he go back to meet them? He kept moving. Because that's the only way he can deliver them. That's a serious one. We'll take that a little further, but I want to hear from other people. But you're right. Environment can make people, can limit people. But once you see the light, follow the light. Hello, Pastor. Yeah. Um, this topic is very deep. Because foolishness, most times, um, how do people know they are fools? Because foolish people don't listen to advice. Only the wise who advise somebody and he listens is a wise person. If you advise somebody and he's a fool, he argues. In fact, the Bible says a fool has no value for counsel. Now, Bible says, if you want wisdom, ask. You must know that you, you need wisdom, that you are a fool, before you will now ask for wisdom. You know, one of the ways I think God is trying to get to us is, if you're getting funny results, it's a good reason to check whether it is wisdom or foolishness you're operating. You know, a lot of people, they're so cocky, they're so full of themselves. And that's what the Bible says. It says the fool is so self-confident. No, no matter who you are, if you're not getting the results you want, you keep checking. Could there be something wrong? So you don't worry about it. That's why we say invite people to church. There's also an anointing word that pierces through the souls of men. For them to, to see a ray of light. That this word is about me. And it's not to expose me. It's to help me. But you see, I feel you because the Bible says, correct not a fool, otherwise he will turn around and rend you and tear you apart. 
That's what the Bible says about fools in some cases. But what you need to do is take them to a place where they will hear wisdom. Then I want to ask you, church, if people come to church and they don't meet wisdom, what happens? Where will they find wisdom? Is Jesus not called the wisdom of God? So the church people should walk in wisdom so that when people come to church, not only do they hear wisdom, they experience wisdom. Glory to God. Any other contribution? Thank you for that one. Over there. Okay. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening, church. I hope I'm asking this question at the right time. Please, sir. I just need a, a clarification in the light of the topic about foolishness you're treating now. First Corinthians one twenty five says the wisdom of God I mean the foolishness of God is better, better than, than the, the wisdom, wisdom of, of the word. Yeah. And I just flipped over to Second Corinthians eleven verse sixteen. Saint Paul was he had some ministers who were ahead of him. He said if he has to boast but there he said he called himself a fool. And I want to, can you throw more light on being a fool he, for Christ? He was just humbling himself. Being a fool for Christ. He's not, he was never a fool. Anybody that follows the Lord is never a fool. But you can walk in foolishness. So when he was saying that um, um, he considered himself a fool, he was humbling himself to make a point. So, we won't dwell on that because it is clear that Paul was never a fool. And the wisdom he's talking about is the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God compels you, even though you're wise, to always act lowly. That's how, another way you know you're a fool. If you're too pompous. If you're too arrogant. If you cannot be corrected. If your head is always swelling. That, those are the critical signs of foolishness. Okay, I want to throw another question. Why do some people adamantly indulge in foolishness? There's nothing you do, they will do it. They will continue like that. Please help me. Have you met people that no matter how you say, but this is not helping you, they will stay there. Have you met such people before? As a pastor, I've met many people and some of them are Christians. There's nothing you say. They continue doing what they're doing. Please explain to me why do they? Why are they adamant about a way of life that is producing pain? Their life is not moving forward. What is it? Yes, I have an answer here. Is that a good question or not? I I think um one thing is um, understanding the fact that um I have an issue because um you to have like a tornado in your life. Mm-hmm. And you've not come to the realization that there's a tornado. It's a tornado you have in your life. You can continue. Yeah. So it becomes an issue because um, even when someone comes to mention it to you, there's a tornado. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing it. You're not seeing it's, it. It's, I mean, it's difficult. That's right. When you're when they don't see how how big an issue it has brought into their lives, you can't help them. Over here, I see another hand up there. Pastor, sometimes the, our background mm-hmm. and um, the values that we have imbibed in us sometimes doesn't allow us to see that this is not the right way. 
Because really, for example, how do you explain, um, how, how do you talk to somebody, say, um, domestic violence, for example? A woman that has always seen her father beat up her mother would believe in her mind that that is the way it should be. Or maybe that person, whatever, whatever environment that person has been, has always seen it around. Mm-hmm. That's it, what happens. Mm-hmm. You have to endure it. They will tell you for the sake of the children or for the sake of what people will say. So sometimes the backgrounds, what we have accepted as right, sometimes will not allow you to be able to see that, okay, is there something else other than this? Because if that is all that person has always seen, they've never seen the other side of the coin. They've never seen something different. They believe that that is all there is to see. Okay. So sometimes people are in that. It's a very good answer. It's a possible answer. Can you help me clap for her? Well, let me now ask a question that if that's what you see where you're from and you open the word of God and you see something else. Is that not the point where you begin to say there is another kind of life? And in Christ it is possible. You see, you don't read the word of God and remain where you are and remain who you are. The word of God is supposed to transform you. The word of God is supposed to move you forward. So I, I know that some people are born like that. They may be like that. But when you begin to hear what God has for you, it should make you at least want to appropriate that blessing. Then you are now asked for advice. How can I deal with my situation? It's only a fool that does not take counsel. You may be surprised that what you can't lift with your two hands, you may find somebody who can lift it with one finger for you. That's the power of counsel. And that's a good place to clap. Let's hear him. So, to buttress what she said, I, I just want to make myself a little bit vulnerable here. I, I came from such background that dad walks in without no just cause and start beating up mom and all that. But I, growing up, I vow to myself to God helping me to, to take care of my wife as much as God will provide for me. I remember my mom was abandoned at a hospital by my dad just because she had a, a appendicitis operation. I wrote a little note that by the time I grow up, I will kill my dad. And I meant every word that I said. But coming to Christ turned around that mindset. And I thank God for what I've become. That's right. That's the power of the word. Lastly, I would say, sir, that such people are set, set in their ways. Especially when such a kind of life has become an, a culture. Hmm. Bible equally said it, that culture is so strong that it can nullify the scripture. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, thank you for that very touching contribution. Can we celebrate him one more time? Now, let's go forward to the action points that we, if we took them, it is impossible for, for foolishness to stay around our lives. Even if you don't know which one is foolishness, if you begin to do these action points, foolishness will actually 
evaporate. You know, some things can exist under some circumstances. Do you understand that? There's some bacteria that cannot exist in boiling point. Once you boil whatever they're in into boiling point, they're gone. So, if just in case you can't identify which areas constitute uh, foolishness, even though you are not a fool, but you're, you're looking at the results of your life, some things have to change. Let's just look at some action points that are helpful, and I want you to share this with people, because if you walk in the opposite direction of uh, foolishness, you will meet wisdom. And if you walk away from wisdom, you'll meet foolishness. There's no two ways about it. The first point is found in Proverbs 13 and verse 16. Proverbs 16, 13 and verse 16. I want the New Living Translation. This covers the kind of decisions we make, the kind of actions we take. Listen to this one. It says, wise people think before they act. Foolish people are very spontaneous. The word meditate requires a little time to pass between thought and action. The word sensitivity in my, in my, in my own um, equation of wisdom, spirituality, sensitivity, and se sensibility. Before you take an action, you must be sensitive. So wise people think, and that thinking process could be called meditation. It could be sensitivity to the Lord. How should I handle this thing? What should I do? Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. They don't. And they even brag about their foolishness. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. The, the, the living Bible in the same text, uh, that's in a slide I hope. It says, a wise man thinks ahead, a fool doesn't. When you are in a situation, don't just decide about the situation. Think a little ahead. Because a, a, a decision you're taking for now may complicate your life three months down the line. So you can't think in the short run. It's not enough to have sight. You should have foresight. So if you decide things on just sight, you're not going to end up being a wise person. You have to decide with sight and foresight. Foresight means a little ahead. The moment you start taking action based on these principles, honestly, it's impossible for you to embrace foolishness. Foolishness cannot even hold on to you when you begin to think ahead. A lot of us don't do that. We say we have committed our future to God. Really? When you have taken decisions and taken it out, outside the hands of God. Hello? Wise people think ahead. Fools don't. Another one is Proverbs. Okay, give me the passion translation of this one. Ha, listen to this. Everything a wise man does comes from a source of revelation knowledge. But a fool puts foolishness on parade. I'll read that again. Everything. Someone say everything. everything. Say everything. everything. When you're going to start dating somebody. Hmm. When you're going to quit your job. Hmm. When you're going to get close to somebody. 
everything a wise man does comes from a source of revelation knowledge. Not revelation guessing. Hello? Why are you all quiet? Revelation knowledge, revelation guessing. You get what I'm trying to say. But a fool puts his foolishness on parade. He doesn't even try to hear from God. You know, when you take spontaneous decision on how you feel, have you not noticed that your feelings change? Come on now, your feelings change. A wise man, everything a wise man does from a source of revelation knowledge. God is interested in guiding you. But maybe you're too hasty. When a guy finally shows up in your life, just because you've been praying and waiting, you, you run far ahead of God. God can't even catch up with you. Then you find out that all that glitters is not gold. Okay. So the principle is, when you want to take a decision, be a wise man, learn to hear revelation knowledge about that subject. How are you a Christian and you never get direction from God? In all the critical decisions, no direction from God. That's fine, but you may be walking in foolishness. And the results may be so devastating, then God, you need God for the next 10 years to undo what you did in a hurry. He that makes haste shall not be innocent. Am I making some sense? Okay, I'm talking about action points. Uh, Proverbs 14. Put verses 15 to 16 together. Proverbs 14, 15 and 16. The message translation. It says, The gullible believe everything they are told. That's a problem. Of, that's, that's one mark of somebody walking in foolishness. You're so easy. They can sell you anything. You're not discerning. The gullible or the fool believes everything you're told. But the prudent or the wise, read, read me, they sift through and they weigh every word. The wise watch their steps and avoid evil. Fools are headstrong and reckless. Someone say reckless. Say reckless. Have you ever done taking a decision recklessly before? Look at the result. If you're honest, you paid hugely for that. May that be not be our portion anymore in Jesus' name. This same um, Proverbs 14, give me the new century version. It should be in a slide. New century version. Okay, look, listen to this. Read. Fools will believe anything, but the wise think about what they do. Do you think well before you do something? It says wise people are what? Careful. They are what? Careful. And they stay out of trouble, but fools are careless and too quick to act. Generally, you can't go and say, give me some time to think about it. I'm surprised that some 
Christians are taken by 419 people. I'm surprised. Number one, the deal is an illegal deal. What are you doing considering it? Number two, listen, if, you're, if something is switching, you say, come back in two days time. Let me ask my wife and my brother. The moment you mention somebody, they will say, don't worry. But you think you're so smart. You down zero everybody out and you take the transaction and look at where you are today. The action points I'm talking about will make foolishness drop away from your life. That will be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you learning something? What about planning? Give me Proverbs 21 verse 5. Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Proverbs 21 verse 5. New Living Translation. What about planning? Do you know that one of the ways you know a fool is they never plan anything. They say we make it up as we go along. That is ridiculous. You are not a child anymore. Look at planning. Read with me. Good planning. Before hard work. Somebody say good planning. Some people say I work at hard work. But there is no plan to the hard work. Good planning and hard work. Lead to what? Lead to what? Say it if you want to have it. Say it loud if you want to have it. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity because wisdom produces wealth. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Hmm. There are many times I look at people, they tell me their problem. I say, but why did you do this? It's so obvious to me. Someone says shortcuts. How many of us like shortcuts? You know Nigerians? Look at the way they drive in traffic. Shortcut. One way. You want to say something? No, okay. Good planning. Someone say good planning. Ask your neighbor, do you plan well? Say wise planning. When you plan, is it a wise plan? You know, if you're not sure your plan is wise, show it to a wise man. The reason why some of us don't show our plan to anybody, we know some that plan, it gets us to be. That business you want to do, the reason why you can't show me is you know I will say, what about this? What about that? What about this? That relationship that you're in, is there wise planning in it? Does it look that good? Or you are convincing yourself? Some people say, I have prayed about it. Keep praying. Keep praying. As a matter of fact, I tell you that we are not supposed to pray prayer of request too much. Our prayer should be thanksgiving. When you are praying request, request, it means you have not embraced wisdom. Wisdom, the, the fruit of wisdom, eh? the benefit of wisdom should be jumping into your life that when it's time to pray, say, holy, <laughs> holy, holy, holy. And it's like, all the time. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. Let me ask you, what kind of prayer is somebody that is enjoying prosperity praying? Just waving, hallelujah. And dropping checks. When I call for money, you see, the people walking in foolishness, they'll say he has started again. The man that 
good planning and hard work has provided prosperity. He says, this is my opportunity. Hallelujah. Before, I used to wonder how they do it. Now, I'm a part of them. You will be a part of them in Jesus' name. Uh, look at that. Amen. I said, you'll be a part of the process of the Jesus. Me- message translation. Give me message translation. I, I got a rush. The first one said good planning. What does this one say? Say it again. Look at your neighbors. Tell your neighbor, careful planning. I, the person, say, I say, careful planning. How many of us are careful? You know what careful means? You do something, you check it again. You cross the T's and you dot the I's. You step back, you look at it. What can be wrong with this thing? Generally, my people, careful, care. After we pray, there's nothing called careful anymore. It's all in the hands of Jehovah. Then you bring your proposal. You bring it to a better opportunity. They put it in the dustbin. Then you come and cry to the pastor. You were not careful. You didn't check your figures. When you want to start a relationship, do you do careful assessment? Then the road to heartbreak. Someone say careful. Do you know if you are careful, even a wild person, you will catch the person. If you are careful, if you watch somebody carefully, they will make you sleep. You see, careful, put your hand on your head. Say, Lord, teach me to be careful in approaching things, in my decision making, in the way I deal with important things. Help me to become careful, not careless anymore. I want great results. I want to walk in godly wisdom. I want to have outstanding results. Lord, teach me to be careful, to be good at what I do in planning and in execution. Hallelujah. So it is in Jesus' name. Talking about good planning. Bible talks about the story of the ten virgins. Five were wise. Come on now. Five were foolish. Which one of them was read Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Which one of them was practicing it? Why do you say so? How do you know he's careful? They said the bridegroom said he's coming at midnight, but just in case. You see, careful people will always consider in case. When all your plan, it is like this. All your plan is on the edge. Father, don't let me follow. Father, 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 hold me. Your, the relationship is on edge. There's no, there's no gap. No spare tire. No latitude. Everything is tension. What is that? That business is so tight. The margin is so tight. The any variation or to what we say. The five virgins, you see the other one, they went with a tight plan. The bridegroom will come at midnight. Hallelujah. The foolish man said, Father, the, 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 the bridegroom will come at midnight. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Nothing, 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 nothing. We don't know, we did, we did, we did. At midnight, before midnight, the bridegroom delayed no careful planning, no in case of anything. 
You know what the bridegroom did when they came back? To the people that don't do careful planning, he locked the door. He did what? He locked the door. They came knocking, he said, I don't know you. You see, Christianity, people snub their nose at careful planning. We don't listen. We pray, we fast, we drink oil. But look at it. How much effect are we having without planning? Careful planning. Good planning. It said good planning puts you ahead. Uh-huh, let's read it. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. At the end of the day, you lose. And then the way we speak. Proverbs 31 talks about this woman. No man represents a believer, whether male or female, it doesn't matter. The Bible says she opens her mouth with wisdom. Everybody opens their mouth. How many people open their mouth with wisdom? How many times do we open our mouth and it's with wisdom? I'll give you an example. If you open your mouth, you can open your mouth with just information. There's nothing wrong in you opening your mouth and you just information. But you know, you know that if you don't process information, the information you have may be what will do you evil. The word she opens her mouth with wisdom is she had information, she arranged information, she was discerning, she had discretion that if I say it like that, it may not work. If I say it like this, I don't. Bible says a foolish man speaks all his mind. You, you, there's not everything you know you need to say. And it's not the way you heard it you're going to say it. Sometimes you have to process it so that you get the result you want in mind. I'll give you an example. If two people are fighting and I want to settle the matter, and this one has spoken to me, this one has spoken to me. And you know, generally, when the other person is not around, and somebody wants to report you to the pastor, the way they will say it, eh? Me too. I, if, I'm not, if I'm not going to remember Proverbs 31, if I open my mouth without wisdom, I just say it the way you said it. The way you said it, I say it. What will happen? The fight will go to overdrive. You know, in the Bible says she opens her mouth with wisdom. It is not everything you know. Some of us verbal diarrhea. Just because it's information does not mean it is helpful. Why are you quiet? She didn't open her mouth anyhow. Many of us will open our mouth anyhow. You see, you can talk to God anyhow. You can't talk to people anyhow. God will listen to you and God will not do anything about the nonsense. You, you say to human beings, they will use it to stone you. Are you there? She didn't open her mouth with haste. You know, sometimes if only you let the other person finish speaking, you will never have said what you said in a hurry. Sometimes, if only you are slow to speak, you hear what the person wants to say. If you head to the end, you realize you should never have said what you said in a hurry. One of the ways you know wisdom, wisdom is slow to speak, but quick to hear. Don't open your mouth anyhow, and don't open it in haste. Sometimes what you're going to say, you let you get it from what everybody has said. 
and you walk out of the room the winner. I want to ask, how many of us have messed up before the way we spoke? May the Lord give us wisdom from today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You wanted to say something, yes? A question? Yeah. Oga, give her the microphone. If I understand careful planning, Mm. it's about um, looking at all the options. So if it goes this way, this is what I'll do. If it goes that way, in my head, I'm thinking you Mm. have a plan A, a plan B, Mm. plan C. But then I've been in situations before when I'll say that if this doesn't work, then I will do this. I have a plan B. Mm -hmm. And one very spiritual person is telling me I don't have faith. You don't have faith? Mm -hmm. That's plan A. So how do you balance careful planning? You're looking at all the options with the place of faith. As a, as a Christian, how do you balance? When you have a plan and you listen to God, what's that scripture we read? Um, it says, um, the Passion Bible. Where's that one? It, it's in a slide. Everything a man does comes from a source of revelation knowledge. You see, me. I tell you something. There's nothing wrong with a plan B in ordinary things. But when you take it to the Lord and the Lord says, this is the one you need. That's when you put your faith in that and you move. If the Lord doesn't say anything to you, can we be honest? Is it every time you get exactly what the Lord said? At that point in time, there's nothing wrong with your plan B. You're just being diligent. The plans of the diligent lead to plenty. They're just being diligent. And you don't need to fight with people. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. You just have to be at peace with God over what you're doing. And you see, if your plan A is so good, you won't even need a plan B. Can I tell everybody something? God is not against us. God is for us. So when you make a plan, as long as it's not a plan for evil, God has no problem with it. God is not petty. There are many things God can let it be and use it in his plan. So God is not waiting for one plan to fail so that you go to plan B. No, God can flow with your plan. Or God can actually give you the plan. And there's nothing wrong in you making a plan. It's not true that every time God will give you a plan. You make a plan and say, God, this plan is okay. Okay, bless it. Are you there? Otherwise, you may end up never doing anything in your life. When it's time for your children to go to school, God may never tell you this is the school to go. You do research. Hello. People are not acting. I say you do research. You do it well and you take it to the Lord and it's it's okay. It's a good school. Come on, let's go. If God wants to change the plan, let him tell me. I don't want you going about life with fear. God can always come into your plan and say, change it this way. God is not the one that wants to block you. Foolishness is the one that wants to mess us up. God is not wanting that for us. And God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. I can't hear your amen. I can't hear your amen. I have one last thing to say to you. Hmm. What about our associations? 
The Passion Bible says, if you want to be wise, spend time with the wise. But the friend of fools will suffer. The Message Bible says, become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools, and watch your life fall to pieces. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes by being in a certain room, they may not even be talking to you, you will get the solution to a problem that you're having. Has it ever happened to anybody else? You're just in the room. They're making conversation and somebody says, what is the solution to what was bothering you? Because the room is full of wise people. Generally, wisdom is not found on the lips of fools. So if you are always sitting in a place where there's no wisdom, you're not likely to get any solution. You know what Bishop Jake said? He said, if you have to agree to serve tea, even though you're a manager, wherever you're coming from, when some people gather together, if the only way you can enter the place is to serve tea, put on the apron, serve tea, whilst they're talking, you will hear something. Some of us, our ego is too big. Anywhere we're not king, we don't go. That's why they say volunteer. I remember a lady, her junior sister had a great job, was married. She was not married. She had no job. We did a program in uh, Sheraton many years ago, almost 20 years ago. She volunteered to be passing flyers and so on. I was even afraid because it was her junior sister that was a member of our church. She was doing it cheerfully. And so, so, uh, so we had some both companies come and so They started talking to her. You're so cheerful. Why are you serving so well? Said I, I well, I, I like volunteering. And he says, Oh, volunteering is not a big thing. That time in Nigeria, people didn't need to volunteer. If you don't pay them, they won't come. He said, But you know, as you volunteer, you'll be a part of a good thing. And he says, Oh, by the way, what do you do? I said, Well, I'm in between jobs now. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Don't say I don't have work. That's rejection knocking. He says, I am between jobs. You know what they did? It was an international company. You're my witness. They interviewed her that day. They said, come to the office. She got a job better than her sister's job. She was just in the right room, volunteering. I want you to love everybody, but don't stay with them all the time. What is this thing about me and my people? If Jesus stayed with his people, he would never be the Lord of all. He went out of Galilee. Jesus Christ of Galilee, he moved out of Galilee. He made friends with people that he didn't... Even his disciples were not his homeboys. Are you with me? May the Lord help us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My time is gone. Um, as much as I would like for us to go a little further. Can we stand to our feet? My prayer is that something we have said today will help you. I want you to pray. Say, Lord, I have heard the words of wisdom. I have seen the danger of foolishness. I am doing away with every manner of foolishness in my life. Help me to remember the things I've heard today. Help me to audit my life. Order my steps to meet with wise people. Every mindset that wants to replay itself negatively in my life, Lord, I do away with it. 
I am leaving behind the foolishness of the past. I'm embracing wisdom. I'm seeking wisdom. I'm learning wisdom. Father, caution me when I want to speak. Holy Spirit, caution me not to be hasty in my decisions. Help me with my behavior, oh God. I have seen enough troubles in life. I can't continue the way it has been. sorrows. Bye-bye to failure. Bye-bye to stagnation. Bye-bye to limitation. I welcome the benefits of wisdom, Lord. Change my life for better. Let me have testimonies. Let my struggles give way to victory, O oh God. Why did you hold somebody's hand and help me pray for the person? That God will change your story through wisdom. God will change your, take away your pain through wisdom. Things will turn around. Do away with all kinds of foolishness in my mind, in the way I speak, in the way I act, in the way I make hasty decisions Lord away with all those things I, I walk in foolishness you walk in foolishness good things begins to happen good experiences for you oh God Father we thank you for everyone that has come today let this be the beginning of a better chapter of the lives of your children oh God let it be that the fruits of wisdom the Bible says wisdom brings prosperity let it be our portion. Wisdom brings long life. Wisdom brings honor. Wisdom gives a glorious life. Lord, we tap into that and we'll walk away from foolishness. Thank you for this opportunity. Our lives will never remain the same because of it. We bless the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you've been blessed, can you put your hands together and just thank the Lord for his manifold kindness to us. My time is gone. I ask you to be seated. Let me